o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets. Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Double Barrel Wednesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorens in early break. Fun show so far. You got the podcast at theticketfm.com. Good stuff as always from Sean Callahan. Enjoyed the mailbag questions. And uh, again, if you missed the news from yesterday, uh, John Madden passed away at age 85. The uh, very big part of the history of the NFL, both for his coaching, his broadcasting, and video game came from it. R.I.P. John Madden. You were a big you. Raiders fan as a kid. So, um, <coughs> Thank you, Jake. You were you watched Raiders football when he was coaching. Oh, yeah. That was the heart of my NFL, my period when I followed the NFL closely, age 10. Can you, can you imagine a coach in today's day and age retiring at age 42 with that kind of success? Mm. Yeah. Like no, that, like, not these really. guys get hired post 42 a lot. Like yeah. 42 is still pretty young in the coaching profession. Yeah. He was hired at age 32. I mean, I mean Nick Saban's 70 right now. Yeah. He's still probably got several years left. Yep. Like, uh, the, yeah. like there was a time we thought that Bill Snyder was, was ancient for coaching at what, 73 years old? And Saban looks plenty fine at age 70. He does. Now, Madden, again, hired at 32. Um, so he got 10 years in before it was ulcers that yep. I think the ulcers pushed him toward a more, a less pressure filled life. How about that? Yeah. Um, by the way, a couple things to add. Um, we've talked about the Frank Solich curse. And the, we need to address the Frank Solich curse more in this show. Yeah. And here's, here's one reason I thought about it yesterday. NC State. <clears throat> Part of the reason NC State was so dismayed, Chris, hold on, Chris. Yeah, hang on, Chris, who's been patiently waiting on the phone. Chris, Baldwin Shop, a couple points before we get to you, and you might even want to weigh in on this. NC State, one of the reasons the Wolfpack were so dismayed by UCLA's decision to, um, well, decision by the fact that UCLA couldn't play um, in the Holiday Bowl, NC State was seeking its second 10-win season in the school's 137 oh, no. years of football. NC State mm. is seeking, because there's, I guess... They're still trying to play somebody. Yeah, NC State is seeking its second 10-win season, trying to celebrate its second 10-win season in the school's 137 years of football. The football gods understand... <laughs> The football, I think the karma is killing Nebraska right now. It's very possible. Because you read that and go, oh, yeah, well, we fired a 10-win coach I, once upon a time. That surprises me about NC State. I know they have never been like an elite football program in I my know, lifetime, but, but they've only had one yeah. previous 10-win season ever. Right, and I don't think they Dave Doran's going to get fired. For they them. had Russell Wilson. They had Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Now, here's what I would caution Alabama fans on. If Saban goes bad and wins nine or ten, they're going to fire him probably. But get ready for that. 
karma yep. to come it's back coming. at you. Because if, if Saban lost three or four, you know what would happen. Those Alabama fans are used to winning now. Well, I mean, they did. At a super high level. Yeah, they had a stretch of average seasons with Mike Shula. For yeah. how many years was that? Four in there? Know. But I would caution those Alabama fans. I would say, now look what happened to Nebraska. Look what happened. They're, they're going to always have the benefit of, of being in an area with more talent yeah. than Nebraska is. Absolutely. But, but Texas is a, also a, a story, too. I mean, yeah. Texas has been floundering for, yeah. for years now. In an area of, of with, that has a wealth. They have everything they need at Texas and still can't get They've it been going. floundering for about 11 seasons now, yeah. ever since 2010. Let's see what Chris has to say. Chris has something on his Let's mind. Let's get a call from Chris from the Baldwin Shop on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Chris, you're on early break. Go ahead. Good morning, Steve, Jake. Uh, happy Wednesday to you guys. Thank you, for you, your, thank you for your patience, Chris. What's on your mind? Oh, no problem. Well, uh, first of all, Jake, loved. I, I usually don't comment on your song of the day, but I, I loved it. Of course, anything you played before 1980, I give a 10. All right. <laughs> Waiting You're for a good me man, today. A 10 today for me. I, I didn't know you had such good taste in music, but now I do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, and your Gladys Knight and the Sips. Oh, boy, that, that was a good one. Yeah, that, that was sense. a good one. <laughs> that makes sense, doesn't it? That yeah, makes sense. Well, first of all, you guys, a little thing. You know, John Madden, uh, what a great coach, great personality. Um, I, I, Steve, I was trying to, Jake, I was trying to think. Okay. Now, I, I see he started head coach as a head coach in 1969. Now, what's killing me right now is, I see, I was – thinking maybe he took them to the second Super Bowl against the Packers and Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr and all those guys, but it wasn't. It was somebody else. Steve, as an old Oakland Raider guy, I, 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 I need some help here. I think that's John. That I, think that's, I think that's John Rauch. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. That name. See, I was thinking Tom Flores, but that's after Madden, isn't it? Yeah, Flores is after Madden. I think we're talking about I think we're talking about John Rauch, and I'm Googling right now. Um, he was the head coach of the of the Oakland Raiders from sixty six to sixty eight. Would that make okay. sense? That's a short span, and yeah. I think he was pretty good too yeah. in those times. Yeah, I'd have to check his record. Sixty-six and six. I mean, okay, here it is. Uh, yeah, you're right. Three years, John Rauch, his coaching record at Oakland with the Oakland Raiders, Chris, was thirty-three, eight and one. Thirty-three, eight and one, and, and he did coach Oakland in the 67 season when they lost to the Packers in Super Bowl II. You're exactly right. John Rauch. Yes, I remember watching that game. Now, Steve Jake, I was an old NFL guy. Did not like the upstart AFL teams. Did not like them. But but anyway, you know, now it's all, everybody's all entwined after the 1970 merger. But John Madden's record, you know, you know, like you guys mentioned, seven fifty nine or whatever it was through ten years, which in the NFL is a is a great record. I mean, that's that's superb. But uh, uh, what I, I I I don't I don't understand why he didn't really make it to more Super Bowls. But Steve, my, my I want you to think about this. 
there was a couple of Nebraska players on that 76 team. Now, I don't know if you remember who they are, but one, one I think, played a pretty prominent part in that, and he was a linebacker. Martin was his, la- was his last name, Martin? Um, I'd have uh, to look at that. I think you're thinking of Bob Martin. Yeah, I am. And I don't, th- I don't think he was on that team. There was a, uh, a linebacker that played tackle here in the early 70s on those national title teams named Monty Johnson. Okay. I do and, remember and that. Monty Johnson and Monty Johnson and our All-American center in 74 and 75, Jake, that, that Rick Bonas yes, was Rick also Bonas. on that team. And I think they moved Rick to linebacker there because – uh, Jake, here's one for you. As an All-American center, he played at like 215 or 220. Oh, man. Yeah, Raw bone, weight room, fanatic. But uh, uh, out there, you know, in the NFL, even at that time, you couldn't play center at that weight. So they moved him to linebacker. You know, I don't, I don't know if Rick – I think Rick lives in Omaha now, but I don't know if he ever – ever played much linebacker for him, Steve. I don't know, but, yeah, Rick Bonas does still live in Omaha, and he, he – turns up in some speaking engagements and things like that. But that's a great name to bring up. When you think of the great Nebraska centers, you don't necessarily think of Bonus, but he Rick Bonus, but he definitely belongs in that conversation. He he absolutely does. He he uh he uh, paid this way after Doug Dumler. Now, you guys you're talking about the bowl games also. Okay. A quick comment there. Sean Callahan made a great point. Are, are some of these teams just looking for excuses to get out of these bowls that they don't want to go. And ah, you know, Steve, I've all Jake, I've always thought this whole situation is really saturated right now. And you know, when you got eighty, eighty two, eighty four teams, whatever it is, playing in bowls, man, you know, or and I know we're kind of in that uh, uh, you know, re- reward the participation, the participation trophy mentality, but but it seems that, you know, it's awful funny. You know, you don't hear players often out there playing in the playoffs right now. No. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Cincinnati. You know, those players are that, – that's because those the, the, those games are, are, are really important and, and people are going to be watching them, you know. At, at, but, you know, I, I, I don't get this. Ohio State players, I'm, you know, it's frustrating. You, you know, you, you can – kick this around as much as you want but uh anyway guys hey yeah john madden great coach and, and it's sure a loss and uh but uh yeah this bowl game situation like i said uh, uh yeah to just make get out of it just to throw out excuses you know or use covid as an excuse which i'm not saying they did you know we don't know that but uh anyway Guys, hey, great show as usual, guys, and and uh, I'm I'm bringing a care package in tomorrow morning, so uh, you guys brace yourselves. All right, thank, thank you, Chris. Chris. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for okay, the call, guys. Hey, I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, All right good stuff. On Deloitte's On Cloud podcast, my co-host Mike Cavus and I talk with innovation leaders to explore how they use cloud engineering for new possibilities for their organizations. Join myself, David Linthicum, by subscribing to On Cloud wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, he mentioned Rick Bonus. That's a great name to mention. He also asked the question of why did Madden not get to more Super Bowls, win more Super Bowls? Well, there's an easy answer to that. It's interesting. Um, the Raiders won a division title in seven of his first eight seasons, Jake, but went 
one and six in conference title games during that mm. span. A lot of chances. A lot of chances. Yeah. So he he did struggle in the playoffs a little bit before, but he did bring home the big one. A, a resounding victory. They clobbered the Vikings in that Super Bowl. It was it was just a. I I get the chills not because it's forty degrees in here, which it is. No, it's seventy in here, by the way. But I get the chills thinking about that. All right, what else you want to talk about? I, I want to ask. We got a few, few minutes for this. So I want to ask you guys four zero two four six four five six eight five. I'm thinking about uh, the future in the Big Ten West for Nebraska and everybody involved. And, you know, for a long time, it seemed like Illinois was the perennial bottom feeder in the conference, right? The division, they were always the team that that was your that was your win. Or Purdue. Purdue has been there. Northwestern has been there time to time. They, they bounce back up Dar- every other year. Uh, come on, Daryl Hazel was... Yeah, yeah Purdue, before Jeff Brom, they were a disaster. Yeah, they were horrible for, you know, a couple years there. But my question is this. Are, are the days... Of a perennial bottom feeder in the Big Ten West, over. Nebraska was in the ballot, was in the cellar last year with Northwestern. They both went one and eight in conference play. Nebraska was not exactly a bad football team. They they went three and nine. They had their issues that caused them to go three and nine, but they're obviously not getting blown out. Right, not a bad in these team. Games. Not a bad. Northwestern team. was bad this year. They were bad, mm-hmm. but they again they tip they typically bounce. Good program back. though. Good program. They bounce back yeah. from bad years, so you can't call them a perennial bottom. Feeder. No, they're a good program. I mean, they're. That, I mean, <clears throat> if you have any doubt about it, just just do your get on Google and and uh, maybe maybe do a virtual tour of their facilities and then. You know, and you'll see Northwestern isn't going away. Not as long as Fitzgerald yeah, be is, fine. In, is in place and they have the facilities in place. No, think about it. When Nebraska entered the Big Ten in 2011, mm-hmm. Purdue was awful. Purdue was awful. Purdue was terrible. Yeah. And, you know, Illinois has been was, awful. Yeah, they've been pretty bad most of the time. You're. It sounds to me like you're banking on Bielema. I am. Well, Bielema went 5-7 and seven this year. Right. And and we're tough. And they won, what, three, conf- three conference games? Three or four? Right, and they came Three. for a fist fight too. Right, that's what that's what they're going to be. His first now. season, yeah, that's what they're going to be now, as long as he's there. I just I don't think there any there's any way you can call Illinois a pushover anymore. They're no. just not a guaranteed win anymore. You raise a great point that the bottom. I mean, we used to think of Minnesota as a bottom feed. Sure, yeah, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois were seen as hey, th- those are your wins. Northwestern, you felt good about, but they they were a pest, and it was always Wisconsin, Iowa, tough, but. But now you don't. You look at the schedule. You can't say, "Well, I feel good about winning that game. No. That's a win." Like Nebraska was the bottom. Nebraska is in a bear of a conference, is what we're getting at, and the division is better than it was. It's better. Minnesota, by the way, flexed last night. I thought I said forty-one to twelve they would win. That's the score I threw out. Minnesota won eighteen to six. But as Sean alluded to, Minnesota Jake ran the ball. Ran the ball 51 times for 249 yards. Last night? That's what I said would happen, though, right? you got to give me credit on that. I said they will pound West Virginia into submission. One of those touchdowns was by an offensive lineman that weighs 380 pounds. Right. Kai Thomas had the uh, uh, other touchdown. Kai Thomas ran – this is a Minnesota running back, a reserve running back, in a bowl game. Rushing 21 times for 144 yards and a touchdown. That's Kai Thomas. They had a second running back, Marquise Irving, run 19 times for 129 yards. Solid. 
yeah, they had two backs go well over a hundred in a bowl always, in a bowl game. It's always good days for your team. Okay, Minnesota flexes. Minnesota gets to nine and four, Jake. That's good. I don't know why they're matched against West Virginia, which was six and six, but that was an easy pick for a win, which is sort of illustrating your point. It was an easy pick. Minnesota's an easy pick Min- in that. Minnesota, like you said, when they entered the conference, Nebraska, Minnesota was not a good football program. We didn't program. think about Minnesota being a challenge they, to Nebraska. They were a team you thought might go six and six pretty much every year, maybe five and seven. And now you know what we're talking about? Can Nebraska catch Minnesota? Which is a sad thought, but it is true. It's so, it just evolved that way, right? They got they got a good coach up there, they really do, and they have a a very definitive style. You know, they they have a mammoth offensive line. Yeah, I saw that, this. This is from last night. the The average weight of the starting O line for the Gophers is three hundred and thirty four pounds. Yeah, they, the Vikings is three hundred and seven pounds. See the average weight. Minnesota's. They they've built an identity, and they're using their reserve running backs. These guys were third and four string guys, and they're still getting yeah. over a hundred yards in a bowl. Game. They have a big offensive line. They have an identity. Yes, they do. They run the ball, and they're they're a tough outfit. What did they do? What they do during the COVID year? They came in here down thirty three players, and they won. Yeah, that was a bad game plan for Nebraska that day. Bad game plan. Yeah, but they still beat you. But anyway, your point. All this is to illustrate your point. Yeah, Brom, Purdue hires Jeff Brom, who's a who I would call a big time coach. He's not hasn't been perfect at Purdue, but Purdue was good this year. That's a good well, Purdue. And team. Purdue was, you know, there's some questions about where's Purdue going before this season, right? They had a bad last couple of years. Yeah, they got walloped in the bowl game. Um Yes, they did. They got killed by Auburn, I think, last yeah, year. Yeah. They just smoked. Yeah. But there was concern about is this program going the right direction? And then this year they prove, yeah, we they are. They are. Yeah, they proved it. O'Connell had a great year. <laughs> Part of the problem was Diaco. I'm not. I'm not here yeah. to disparage Bob. I'm not. I don't. I do not get on that. I do not get on that train. I will not get on that train. But he was a big part of the problem there. Um, they they got rid of him, it, and that helped the defense. That helped the defense. Nebraska's best offensive game of last season, 2020, was against Purdue mm-hmm. when they won that game yeah. on the road in West Lafayette. Yeah, but it's this this league. Is it's good for Nebraska because it it you have to be good. You can't it 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 pushes you. It's pushing Nebraska. That Nebraska has to be mindful of Billum and Brom and and otherwise you'll be the bottom feeder. Right. You'll you'll turn into the bottom. Right feeder. now you are this season. Don't don't let that fester and happen again. Right. I don't and I don't think that's gonna. I for the record, I don't think we're gonna see that. I don't. I don't. I really don't think if you are a, a fan of a different team in this conference that you believe Nebraska will be down, like at the bottom for very long. They were this season, and we realized it was a better team than the record indicates. Can I say something? Sure. What Frost has done this off season is pretty impressive. If we would have said going into this process on November eighth, when he let those four guys go, those offensive coaches, when he let those guys go. I don't know that we would have said that he would have ended up with with what this staff is probably going to look like, which looks pretty good. I mean, if you if you would have told me you're getting Whipple from Pitt with what Pitt's doing, I would have said you're crazy. They ain't getting Whipple. I mean, look what Pitt did. They a, a Bolitnikoff winner and a Heisman finalist on an offense that was a that that that. 
was one of the nation's very best. Pitt was one of the was one of the best stories of the college football season. They went and got his offensive coordinator. Mickey Joseph is a slam yeah, dunk a great hire. hire. Yep, great is hire. a slam dunk hire. Okay, now you're you're probably looking like you're adding Bill Bush. Not now, people say simple. That's not exactly a genius move. He's on the staff. Well, it's still a move, and it's a big move to get a guy with Bill's track record as an assistant. A guy who, 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 by the way, is the guy who who recruited your last first rounder. He recruited Prince Amakamara to Nebraska. A guy that produced a Thorpe Award winner a guy that was the defensive backs coach of the year nationally at Utah State. Um, a pr- like a, Well, let's put it this way, Jake. The guy knows quarterbacks a little bit. He, he recruited Alex Smith, the first overall pick in a draft, and Joe Burrow, the first overall pick in a draft. How many guys can say <laughs> they recruited two guys? And Alex Smith not was many. not a slam dunk. He, was a, he wasn't a heavily recruited player. Bill's area was San Diego. And Alex Smith was not heavily recruited. That was a Bill Bush gut feeling. We got to get this kid. Little, he's a, he's a skinny kid um, out in San Diego, but he convinced Utah to recruit him. Becomes the first overall pick, right? Mm-hmm. Alex Smith. That's pretty impressive. He stood on the table at LSU. And said, if we get this kid, we'll win the national championship. About Joe Burrow. Yeah. It wasn't a slam dunk at LSU. That was not a slam dunk. He stood on the table for Burrow and said, this is what we got to get. This is the piece we have to get. And they got him. In part because Bill knew Joe's brother in Houston, his little brother, um, not Jamie, not Jamie, Dan. He knew Dan. Dan lived in Houston. He worked Dan. He kind of knows the dad. They don't know each other that well, though. Um, Jimmy Burrow, they know he knew him, but not not that well. And but he he closed those deals. So Frost has done a really good job. I mean, you can't you can't say anything other than that. I like I like the Donovan Rail Rail hire. Now that's partly because of because of Dominic and I and my fondness for Dominic, but. Um, I think Donovan's a good hire. People try to they're going to try to poke holes in that. I understand that. By the way, Dominic and his family moving to Chandler, Arizona. So so that quarterback Dylan Rayola is going to play high school football in Chandler, Arizona going forward. They're moving out of Burleson, hmm. Texas. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, heading to Chandler, Arizona. There's a little tidbit for you. Thank you. I like tidbits on this show. You like tidbits? You know what gives good tidbits is Parker Gabriel. Oh, he's got, he's got all, all the sorts of tidbits. Yeah. And guess yeah. what? He's next on Double Barrel Wednesday on Early Break in the Ticket.